Hi, and welcome back to uh, episode 13 of uh, CC Talks. We're here again, uh, usual place, and um, hope everybody had a great uh, Easter break. And uh, we'll get on with the register, make sure everybody's here. Ladies first. So, Chelsea. Here, sir. Good stuff. And Mr. Powell. Here, sir. Good job. And, uh, and Mr. Smith. Yes, sir. Well done. All present and correct. So, uh, good. Do you have all good, good Easter? Good Easter, Chelsea? Yeah, I did. Thank good you. Good stuff. Plenty of, uh, plenty of Easter eggs or no chocolate? Yeah, just, no. just quite relaxed. Did you yeah. get a single Easter egg? Did you? No, 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 quite often. A lot of people didn't didn't go for them this time. It's the health, you know, it's the health drive. Was it the birthday cake treatment in the house? I wasn't happy. That's hey, <laughs> 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 I still missed your birthday. Yeah. Have so we missed your birthday? No, not my no. birthday. Oh. One time my parents didn't get me a birthday cake on my birthday. Oh, that's right. Oh. Oh, that is and outrageous. well, let me tell you, all hell broke loose. I bet. I bet. That's We're keeping this in, by the way. So, uh, we <laughs> are. Yeah. So, uh, good. Anyway. Right, we'll move on because today we are going to discuss glass ceilings, aren't we? This is, the, this is reference, I assume, well, certainly from the conversations we've had about uh, how the TV monies are plateauing out yes. and people are fearful of, uh, obviously, uh, you know, wages are increasing, uh, where the revenue is going to come from. To, and this uh, is in the Premier League. It is in the Premier League, yeah, because, yes. Because right. some of the leagues are probably are sort of, you know, on the upward curve, I, I would guess. Mm. La Liga, Bundesliga. Yeah, they are, absolutely right. But it's interesting that because La Liga set out their stall to pretty much mirror and match the, the Premier League. And so they opened up, obviously, offices in the Asian markets. But interesting enough, uh, the Bundesliga have actually started to... They're increasing hap- uh, faster than, uh, than La Liga. Mm. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Chelsea, I know you've been doing quite a bit of work on this, so go through the glass ceiling. Yes, I know, I know we've spoken about it before with regards to um, how TV rights are plateauing. Um, and as a result, these clubs specifically the clubs that occupy the lower realms of the Premier League table, need to find other ways to generate revenue. Mm. Um, so like you were saying, Steve, way, player wages are going up and they're increasing at a faster rate than um, club turnovers increasing. So there was an interesting article actually in the FT yesterday, um, which was discussing exactly that. Um, it reported that Deloitte found that um, the combined revenues of the 20 clubs in the, in the Premier League rose by 6% on the previous season, but the collective wage bill rose by 15%. So it's a significant difference. Um, And the issue really is for these clubs that are occupying the lower realms, where are they going to find that money once the current broadcasting deal runs out, which is the end of the 2019-2020 season, I believe. Um, That's only another year for this deal that's left. And the, the new deal that's coming in is significantly lower. It's hundreds of millions of pounds lower. So... You've got the top six clubs, and they're the, you know they're the ones with the largest wage bills. They're also mm. the ones that bring in the most revenue, and that's because a they've got access to the Champions League, mm-hmm. yep. which these other clubs don't have, yep. and b they have far more sophisticated commercial. They do, yeah, they do. In staff know. and uh, and also in uh, yeah in marketability. Yeah, and they yeah. know exactly how to capitalize on, like we've said before, um, how to capitalize on that position in the most watched league, sports league in the world. Um, so what's interesting really is how these other clubs who also occupy a position in the most watched sports league in, sports league in the world are going to... Yeah, they've got to develop it either through yeah, commercial revenues, player trading. You know, these are things because players, not only players' wages, but also player costs. You know, the, the, the market values of players, you know, is there's only a, an infinite market of quality players out there. And um, so it's supply and demand. And yeah. this is... Uh, you know, this is what we're getting ready for the new the, the summer transfer window. There's stacks of rumours out there. I know you've been following those, Jack. But um, yeah, it is. And it's an arms race in, you know, and I know James, because I want James to come in on this, because 
you know, clubs feel they have to go out and get a superstar, have to get a, a major player. But they're doing that quite often, you know, on, uh, or not really utilising the data. They're not utilising the, the intrinsic value. And I know that's something which, uh, well, you're, every you're, time we talk I mean, about... You're ultimately is. into the money ball thing, yeah. aren't you? Which yeah. is, you know, New York Yankees had $140 million, I mean, this is back in 2001, $140 million to spend, and the Oakland A's had $40 million. Mm. So how do you compete? You, you, know, you were saying there's an infinite number of quality players... It depends how you define it. Yeah, well, because because you know if if you if you assess quality based on the cost of the player or yeah, you know yeah. the purchase cost of the player, then yes, there is an infinite mm. number. Mm. There always yeah, there always will be an infinite number. But that's actually not the sort of player you should be going for. Correct. You yeah. know, if you're you know if you sell a, a particular player, and you want to you know if Palace sell Zaha and they want to replace Zaha, then, you know, are they, you know, what is it going to cost them mm. to get a player of this, this, the same level? Well, if you just go on market values, they're going to have to pay the same or more. So they're going to have to, you know, if they do want to replace him, find somebody that's, you know, much more, has got a high intrinsic value, but a low market value. Yeah. And, you know, and then you straight into the money ball approach. So it, it becomes more important now, you know, than, than ever mm. for, for the, the you know sort of mid tier of Premier League clubs mm. to mm. to do you know something about it, and, and then you've also then got to look at commercial revenues, which mm. you know you you were talking about you know where you know the, these other clubs that, that have been dependent on TV revenues have now got to um, to to look at you know other revenue streams in order to be able to you know fill the gap between. Yeah, and and that and that's how as we know a lot of them from the middle 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 order of the Premier League down. They don't have anywhere near the staffing levels that the top four, five, six no. clubs have, and it's because they've been relying on the TV money. Now the reality is, I mean, okay, it's not it's not on a precipice, but the reality is coming that one they should be they should be capitalising on this top table at global football. Mm. They should be looking at that because it is a an opportunity that they shouldn't be missing. Now, even if they you know even if they look to go down and get relegated. You know, they've got to capitalise on that, that revenue while they're there, while they're in the Premier League. So this is something that, uh, yeah, we've had you know, conversations before and, uh, uh, and again with our, our analytics has been looking at the uh, commercial revenues and how to increase them. How do people get set aside, set aside and set about you know, increasing those, uh, those revenue sources, which are, yeah, there, there are several million um, that have currently been left on the table. I mean, you've got to understand what it is that potentials, you know, because you're, we've always said that the, you know, the, the low hanging fruit for generating commercial revenues is sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and so you need bigger, better, more sponsors. So you've got to understand what it is that sponsors are looking for. And you've got to understand what you have that's unique. And, you know, ultimately sponsors want access, you know, not direct access, but they want to be able to utilize your database. Mm. Of, uh, and that database, you know, has many forms. It's, Obviously, databases that are held by the club itself, but also social media followers. Yeah. Um, and you know these are people that you would uh, think are you know, highly motivated to do things that are connected to the football club, and so sponsors want that. Mm. But you've got to be able to demonstrate to them that you understand your your database yeah. and your customer base, and 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 yes, that does require more people. It does require you know bigger and better teams, but it also requires you know good you know, analysis, good mm. analytics mm. to understand these things and to be able to demonstrate that to the, to the sponsor, you know, mm. which is where we see the future of, of that particular um, you know, part of the, the Premier League um, financial 
strategy for clubs, you know, over the next two or three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, and uh, and there is, you know, there's emphasis. We've just been talking this morning. There's emphasis on, you know, the gaming brands, the big great gambling gambling brands, looking at, you know. Uh, boy, not boycotting, but pulling out of the the, the, the Premier League and football advertising, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, because we know that it's it's dominated by you know Asian uh, betting brands, certainly for shirt sponsorship, and that doesn't sit well with all your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's enough Asian eyeballs to uh, to justify it at the moment. And, so yeah, uh, that was a GVC story. It was GVC. Uh, you know, yeah, we yeah, were saying, well, you know, you've got to sort of also ask about the motivation of that as well, well because you know. The, no, I think there's, G- like William, there's Hill. William Hill and, yeah. and, and, and Lad Brooks and Coral, yeah. which are GBC. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there, is a, there is an element that they can get publicity in their market. Yes. Is, is yeah, and, and if, you, yeah, if you can knock out the Chinese brands yeah. from, from yeah. something that's obviously working for all the Asian you know, uh, gambling brands, yeah. you know, then you know, it's, uh, it makes good commercial sense, doesn't it? I so it, on the face of it, it seemed like a, you know, a, a good thing to do, you know, just from a slightly holistic point of view, but... You know, there's a good commercial reason I think as well. Commercial motivation there, so uh, good. Now, Jack, we've been having discussions about the pyramidal pan-European league, so uh, which uh, obviously you know, has been in the in the news and discussing. You, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts? I know you've been uh, you're well, discussing it and got first a few of all, I've just made the executive decision to just call it the European Super League for this, so I don't have to repeatedly say that word, py- pyram- pyramidal. Pyramidal. Um, well done. Good lad. Okay, but, we'll go with that. So m- moving on, um, basically the I- the idea is being panned together by the uh, by UEFA a few times. And they've decided that they're going to get approximately 200 European clubs together. They've been invited to an assembly in June to discuss the future of the possibility of the league. Mm. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of opposition for the league, in particular from English, French and Spanish clubs who've argued that domestically the, the leagues are more popular than what any type of European league would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, my personal opinion is I don't understand what's wrong with the way the Champions League and UEFA Cup are now. They get, they get re- bring revenue in for teams. It works. Um, it it's a good setup so far. Um, when when does the, how long does that run? So so Champions League and the, Europa the, League. The current setup still twenty twenty four. Okay. And yeah. then the the working to try and devise a new look regime for for afterwards. This, um, like I said, this idea has been banded about a few times, but it always seems to come up by facing a lot of opposition. Um, the bit, the big issue I would say is if if it's if it was to be introduced, what what opportunity does it actually bring to any to any clubs, and what would it mean for domestic leagues and in particular to the Premier League in general? So what's the, what what is the plan? What what's I think what's the rumours? The, the way that the way that I've read about it is the general thing is it's going to replace the Champions League or the UEFA Cup is uh, is a type so of Europa European. League now. I know yeah. that Newcastle haven't been in, in the, any of these competitions for a long time. <laughs> it, it, it just just. <laughs> Every time you've got to get the dig in, you've got to get the dig in. Just yeah. Spurs are still going Honestly. in the Champions League. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, this is this is what I'm, I don't want to talk about. Yeah, this. you don't want to talk about this, but it it's basically the idea is is it's going to replace the European competitions for football. Okay. Um, by taking essentially the top however many teams out of each league, whichever leagues they would say would be seeded. For the Premier League, for example, it might be they might take top four, then top three from Spain, like they do now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, top three from Spain, Barca, Atletico, all this different type of stuff. 
Um, sorry, Jack. It, it's, it's, it's all right. That's another, that's another couple of quid. I know. Charity uh, pod. It's all right, though, James. Uh, I see. I, I, did, I did say yours was going to go off. off. He wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Can't be me. It was. Uh, apologies, yeah, listeners, for the for the inter, for the interruption. But yeah, so that's the idea. They're going to take the top teams from every league, and my my argument would then be based around what revenue would that bring in? Would it change the way that everything works for domestic leagues? For me, personally, I think the biggest issue that the Premier League teams could face is, is that sponsorship deals that are currently with the Premier League being the most watched division in the world, mm. if the biggest teams from every single league went into this European... Pi- super League. Super League. If they're going to go into this Super League, then the main sponsorship deals aren't going to want to sponsor a second-tier division. They're all going to want to sponsor the best division with the best teams like the Champions League is now. Mm. They're going to want Mm. to sponsor the biggest teams in the biggest league. It makes then every other domestic league second-tier and teams lose business. Like Chelsea said in in the first bit that we discussed, revenue is a struggle for anybody that's outside the top five, six, seven in the league. And this type of thing would only make it worse. Mm. So it won't be. It won't be like the. It won't be like there will be leagues. So it won't be like the FA Cup where you you can have a junior, you know, say a second tier Portuguese club playing, you know, a first tier like the Premier League. It's going to be seeded. The way that it's always been banded about is is that it would end up being like a league as mm. opposed to another yeah. cup competition. Because yeah. if they're going to make a, a giant European FA Cup style thing, it's to waste the time because the the teams that will be left in the latter rounds will be like the Champions League anyway. But they're saying it should be an inclusive platform for all clubs based on sporting meritocracy rather than historical privilege. So, Historical privilege, so sporting, yeah, so it'll be the, the teams who were at the top now as opposed to the teams who were at the top previously. Right, OK. okay. So you'd take obviously Man City who obviously have been good since about 2010 but previous to that were nowhere <laughs> to be seen. And, you know, you've got to let teams in like that as opposed to historical teams like Newcastle um, who've, had, who've been there for in the past. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to remember the last year that Newcastle won anything. A long time ago. It's been, it's been a while. But yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's one of these things that, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of, people, a lot of the owners are saying and, and certainly managers are saying, you know, is there too much football? You know, are they players playing too much football? So if they're going to play football, they've got to play football where there's either sponsorship opportunities or there is TV, you know, TV monies in the Champions League are, are great for clubs. That's why they're clamouring, certainly the Premier League, to get into top four. I so, think the biggest damage with the Premier League, um, that's not so much linked to obviously the business side of it, but the biggest, the biggest issue with managers saying there's too many games or there's not enough games is that there's no break for Premier League sides. I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, and and then yeah. there's the other issue of the fact that for whatever reason we've got two domestic cup, cup competitions and no other country does and we've also got more teams that go into each cup competition so it takes a lot longer for the competition to be drawn out across the year which means everybody ends up playing more games. It's one thing after another with the games and then obviously there's next to no TV rights realistically with the FA Cup and the League Cup. So unless you get to the latter stages, teams don't make anything off it anyway. No, true, true. Okay, so when are they having it? June? They're going to have yeah. the discussion pretty soon. It's where are they going to hold that? Where are they having that? It'll be some, 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 some climate, sunny climate. UEFA headquarters, yeah. so it'll be Switzerland. Okay, yeah. okay. So we'll uh, well let's let's keep an eye on that, Jack, and come back to us uh, when there's uh, yeah. It's worth keeping an eye on. I think yeah. I think you know I think you know we were in a meeting actually, weren't we? Um, uh, not yesterday, the day before, 
um, with um, a, a massive investment fund, and they were talking about this. So it's already, you know, they're already thinking, well, how does, how is this going to impact receivables for for Premier League clubs? You know, how will that impact financing mm. Premier League clubs? Yeah, absolutely right. And it, the problem is, it's another layer of uncertainty. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. You know, for for you know for the UK in particular, and for for English clubs and certainly Premier League clubs. You know, with Brexit, it you know it's this is. Uh, not an easy time to to think about you know the corporate structure yeah. and the financing and of the football club over, over medium term. Absolutely yeah. right. And when you're talking about the investment there, would it end up being the structure that if you've got this European Super League, that when it came down to transfer business and going down to all the sponsorships and everything, mm. that it turns out that the leagues which are less left domestically are essentially just feeder divisions for this big league. It could, I mean, it could end up like that, um, you know, but it's it's like Turkey's voting for Christmas, isn't it? You know, the Premier League, the top six will have to decide, you know, you know where they're going to be better off. Is mm. it in the Premier League or is it in a European Super League? Mm. And then uh, there's the other thing, like teams like Arsenal, yeah. who essentially, and Man United would be classed in that bracket now where... 10 years ago, 10, 10, 12 years ago, if they went into the Super League, they'd be quite dominant. Mm. They'd get a lot of sponsorship and they'd make a lot of revenue because they'd be at the top end of that Super League. Mm. Whereas if they went in now, they'd be at the bottom. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's um, good point. Good point. Good point. Right, well, we're getting to the time of the, uh, the podcast where we come up with our, uh, our usual slot of Mourinho Minute. So, uh, what's he been saying on DAZN? He's, he's been talking about, again, Premier League and he's not wanting to come back. What's been happening? Somebody help me. <laughs> I can't understand Mr Mourinho. He's essentially, I mean, he obviously does, does the um, reporting for being. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and he said on that that his next stop will not be in the Premier League. Okay. So, I know we speak every week mm. about where he's rumoured to go. Yeah. Um, yeah well, and I mean, when's he going to go in the Premier League? I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's here, here, there, and everywhere. But he's basically turned around and said, "Where well, it certainly won't be is the Premier League this time." Um, and we were talking today, went in the office about whether or not he is slowly but surely losing his yeah losing his touch. losing his touch. I mean, Mourinho marbles. He's he made it. He made a statement um, on on being sports, saying the trophies are a guarantee of my success. Even those who do everything to forget my achievements, it is not possible. Yeah, I mean, and and. He's, he was dominant for a, a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it, isn't it? Jack, you think, you think he's had it? I think he's... I, I definitely think he's had it in the Premier League. Mm. If he came back, he's... You look at... Has well, he had it full stop, though? I mean... You know. I think if, you, if he was to go, to go to a league like the French League or the Italian League that have kind of fallen out of touch with saying being right at the top of the Champions League game, I think he'd be all right. And so the question is, what are you basing that on? So what 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 has he done on what has has he well, not done he, that means that he's losing his touch? Okay, he's not won anything with Manchester United for uh, well, he, he, he won a cup, and um, you know so you know, he got sacked just before yeah. Christmas. Solskjaer had a, uh, a purple patch, yeah, yeah. and now look at him, yeah, four, oh, nil, yeah. four nil to Everton, and then. I think they lost in the middle of the week to somebody as well. Didn't I they? think they might have got beat by uh, Man City. I think they did. <laughs> you know, and you look. You know, I mean, it's really interesting watching Gary Neville and Roy Keane, and you know, uh, you know, as they as they're doing their punditry on on these games. But you know, Gary Neville doesn't believe that they should have gotten 
rid of Mourinho. He doesn't believe that they should have got rid of, of David Moyes mm. when mm. they did. Mm. You know, there's something fundamentally wrong with that club that is is the, not down to the manager. The thing that's fundamentally wrong with Manchester United is that once they got rid of Ferguson, who'd had so much what's the word, so much input into everything that went on at that club, once he'd gone, the only person that could try and pick up the slack from what was left was Ed Woodward. Mm. And he's been the only constant there the whole time. And of course, well, and of course he wasn't chief exec. No. Um, because David Gill was. Yeah, well, David Gill right. left at the same time as, as, yeah. as Ferguson. Yeah. So he's, he's basically had all this weight to pick up and they're but trying it, to appoint managers... And he and came from a commercial background, so yeah. not sporting. Yeah. So where that's the difference, like what we were, we said. I think we said it on the podcast a few weeks ago about them bringing in some form yeah. of a sporting director. Yeah, and I said that I'd read somewhere that Van der Sar had been banded about, but in reality, he's a commercial guy. He's not a football guy. If you'd split that in half and given somebody else who has experienced that role, there probably would have been a lot more success with the managers that they had put in play at the time. Moyes did get sacked too early. Mourinho probably, arguably, did get sacked too early. But you're trying to fill, you're trying to fill the boots of the most. So, so from a Mourinho's point of view, because we talk far too much about Manchester United, but from Mourinho's point of view, what does he need then in order to have success? You know, what 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 was missing from Manchester United, but he had somewhere else that that made you know, that made him successful. Well, it, Real Madrid, he, when he was successful-ish at Real Madrid, I mean, he didn't win everything, mm. but he did, all, he did pretty well there. He had a good group of players that were already there, but then he also spent a lot of money on better players. Mm. When he was at Inter Milan, he built an entire squad and won everything. Mm. Did, the, did the same the first time round at Chelsea. When he went to Man United... Because there'd been so many managers, it's not, I'm not saying that it was his fault entirely, his management style, but what he was picking up on was two or three previous managers who'd bought players who he would never have chosen. Mm. And if you don't give a manager time and money to try and build up with a team like Man United or any of the team at the top level, you can't do anything. It's interesting because we've almost swapped arguments, you and I. Now, He's because, finished in because, the Premier League. Yeah, well, because, yeah, because you're arguing the point that actually, if certain things are in place, then he could be successful again. Yeah. Whereas I'm now starting to, to think based on, on those I don't arguments. Th- I don't actually, think he could be successful. Yeah, if you in think the about it, you know, Inter Milan were not the best team in Europe, really, when they won the, the, the Champions League. Porto weren't. Porto was his uh, outstanding so, achievement, yeah, wasn't it? There's, there's something there that he did tactically mm. and strategically, whether it's his man management skills. You know, the question is whether it. Circumstances with yeah, that's it's it. Outdated. Was it different then to how it is now? It, I mean, you know, he always sets up a side that don't concede many goals. Yeah. I mean, well, you but, remember the Inter Milan when Inter Milan played uh, Barcelona at the new Camp, you know, and and they they I mean they they got they got through by a, a, a defensive masterclass yeah. by Mourinho. He sets up sides that don't concede goals, but if but when they look, do, but yeah, but when they do, they're screwed. Yeah. And that's the, that's the issue with where he's at now because if you look at teams like City, Liverpool, Barcelona, Madrid, they, d- they don't all defend the best. But what they do do is they go out and they score four or five goals against a team that lets... Once you let in one or two, the floodgates open. And that's the way football's changed, which well, is why... You could goals. argue that Benitez plays in a very similar fashion to, to Mourinho in that respect. Do you think, certainly earlier in the season... 
Right, we're on to the uh, the outro of the podcast. It's, it seems to have gone fast this uh, this week, but uh, and of course we come up to our, our normal uh, quote of the the week. And it's I'm sad to say it's bye bye to the big short. We've uh, we've used all the quotes we're allowed to use on, uh, on a podcast <laughs> yeah, uh, that are permissible. So uh, and it's hello Moneyball. We're on to Moneyball, and uh, and we've got a quote here that Chelsea's going to say in a minute. But James, you're just going to paint the picture and set the stage. Am I? You are. Well, I don't uh, know what the quote is. No, we're going to hear the quote. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Let's hear the quote and then go on then. Go on we'll on. Come on, Chelsea. How relevant it is to to what we do. Yeah. I'm sure it will be highly relevant. Okay, if we pull this off, we change the game. We change the game for good. Okay. So we've got to try and remember what part of that of mm. the film that was. Profound. Yeah, uh, it, it's obviously yeah, it's obviously when they've realised that they need to find a different way of of, of getting players. Yeah, they're, they're going to replace Giambi, so you know that you're not going to replace him with one person. You've got to replace him in the aggregate, and if that works, then you change how you 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 buy players mm. for good. Mm. And actually, you know, there's still a lot of that to be done in football. You know, baseball's an obvious starting point because you know. It's, it's it's not as fluid as football, but you know the stuff we're doing is is trying to take account of the fluidity of, of football to to do something similar. So, yeah, that's a great that's a great quote. That good one. Well, yeah. we're on. We've broken it. We're into yeah. money. Oh, yeah. there's, so, loads, uh, there's loads more. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I know Jack. You've watched it several times, and uh, we're going to watch it more. Get up to yeah. those quotes. So uh, great stuff. Um, good. Well, that's a that's a, a good. Uh, a good one to finish on, and uh, as always, we say, uh, you know, have a great weekend of football. It's getting, it's getting to the nail biting time now. Well, for those that are down at the bottom of the leagues, and uh, and even those at the top, yeah, three, three weeks, weeks left, left in the Premier League, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot, lot, to, lot riding on it. So, uh, uh, good luck, whoever you're supporting. Uh, have a great, great weekend of football, and um, and we'll be back next week on the Friday for uh, our fourteenth podcast. Yeah. Okay. Cheerio, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah.